Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. Today, we pretty much have two angry dudes and Nick who's going to try to make sure we don't kill ourselves. It, it's pretty much where we're at right now. You know, we'll talk, we're going to talk a little bit of some, some topics around the league. Right? Um, the, the big one that obviously we're going to talk about here is Wander Franco. Um, also going to have a few other, other, other cool topics. But yo, Rob, Nick, man, how you guys doing? Yo, what's going on, guys? Doing good. Uh, ready to talk some baseball here. Definitely a lot of things to dive into. Um, I know me and Daniel are going to dive into our, our Yankee uh, struggles and sadness, but I think a lot of things have changed in the landscape of baseball, even, you know, going back to a week when we last recorded talking about Tampa Bay. And I think Tampa Bay has a whole lot of new things to deal with now. Yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff that just changed with this playoff picture. There's some races to talk about, both playoff-wise, MVP-wise. But, yeah, got to start off with the Wander stuff because it's not looking good for too many people. So let's start there, man. Look, the, the, the story came out, honestly, right after we finished our podcast recording last weekend. Um, basically, Sunday morning last week, a uh, report came out that said, so, so what actually happened was an Instagram post, right, of some girl's, like, father uh, basically saying, hey, man, Wander basically just uses these girls and he goes, lives his life, whatever. Um, and the girl... Apparently she's 14 years old. Um, then another report resurfaced that said, oh, he also, you know, dated or whatever with a, with a 17-year-old who um, is also a minor and by, by Dominican law standards, right? The, the age of consent out there is 18. Or not, not the age of consent, the, the, the age of becoming a legal adult out there is 18. But look, other, other than like the really disgusting implications that this has personally, there's obviously, I mean, like on <laughs> Wanda's personal life, there's also the the, play, the the baseball implications here, man. And we're a baseball podcast, so we're going to talk about a little bit of both. Um, but yo, Rob, man, I'll, I'll start with you, dude. Like, like, what do you do from here, man? What, what, like, what, what are your thoughts on the story? Uh, I think it's a it's a terrible situation. It's a it's a rough situation because it's never an easy answer on how you handle it. Um, I, I feel like you know, like morally, right? Like, there is a correct answer how you handle it, but there's an investigation going on for a reason, right? So we're still at the point where we're waiting for all the details to be confirmed because as we know, there are a lot of times where there are there are a lot of misconstrued details. You don't get the full story of something, even though, you know, it might end up being ultimately that Wander Franco is still in the wrong in the in the situation, right? But some of the details might change what the what the punishment ends up being. I think, you know, like like you mentioned before, it's kind of looking like his MLB career is is done. Um, cause the way that the investigation is going and, and I would say already like length, you know, it's only been a week, but if, if it was, if it was nothing, I feel like two or three days after MLB said they, they, they would have said, Hey, we took a look into this. Like, there's nothing like the fact that it's still ongoing, the things have happened with Tampa where he's not with the team currently and things like that. Like it does give these stories and rumors for, you know, what they are right now, rumors, allegations, um, until he's proven, you know, guilty, um, it has given it legs and for and for him it it sucks as a as a as a person because it's it's something terrible to be involved in um and i think you know i i would imagine that for him and his family you know someone being that young i believe Juan, there's only like 23 so someone being that young 22 like someone who yeah. just also signed a, a nine figure contract extension with Tampa right like we talked about it before when when we've been analyzing Tampa throughout the season this is the this was their franchise. Like this is their franchise face. We can hype up your Yandy DSs and your Randy Rosarenas and everything, but this was the guy that was supposed to drive your franchise forward. And that might essentially be 
absolutely gone out of the picture. And now that's that's another hole for you to fill. Um, and, and you know that this is the baseball end of it because there there is the personal impact. Um, the, on the baseball end of it, you're talking about uh, a guy who had top five shortstop in the game potential. Um, you know who could have been in that conversation for a decade of his for a decade straight of his career, um, possibly being done. And then on the other side of things, you know, you hope that if the allegations are true and and the things that he did are, you know, if he's fully in the wrong for the situation, then then you hope that the you know the the minors that are involved in the situation can get the justice that that they deserve and everything out of it. But again, we have to wait on on how the investigation concludes. But it's not a pretty situation, man. I I don't think you you being a baseball player and we've seen it before with the, with the reliever um, for the, for the pirates recently, um, you know, who got suspended and, and everything like that and, and kicked out the league, you know um, it's looking like that might end up being the same route that, that Wander Franco takes here. But I, I think right now we just have to sit back and wait and see what MLB ends up saying. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think you hit on uh, the biggest point you hit on um, and I'm, I'm going to kick it over to Nick, but the biggest point you hit on is he's probably never playing another inning of major league baseball again. Um, the, the 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 truth of it is, at the end of the day, it's it's about the allegations, man. Like we, we saw it with Trevor Bauer, um, we've seen it with, with with sport figures across different sports. All it takes is the allegations. Um, doesn't matter. Like I'm not saying he didn't do it. I'm not saying he did do it. I'm just saying that whether he did or he didn't, the allegation was made, and it's a disgusting allegation. Um, so he he he, he screwed no matter what. I, I honestly, he he needs. Bro, like in order for him to play major league baseball game, he's gonna need some absolutely like lunacy and luck to go to go his way, man. But Nick, man, let me kick it to you, dude. How how um how have you react to this story? I mean, this is disgusting all the way around. I, I teach my kids personally that if you don't want to ever be caught like blamed up or caught up in something, don't put yourself in the situation. You gotta know who you're hanging out with, you gotta know where you're at, you gotta know what time it is. Like, there's so many things to think about. My kids aren't professional baseball players who signed a $200 million contract and arguably, like Rob said, top five shortstop, the most difficult position in one of the you know highest profile games in the entire world. Like, <clears throat> it's sad. Like, who are the people around this guy? Like, who are his friends? Who are who are the raised front office helping this guy, you know, lead lead the straight and narrow life? You know, I I don't like this topic like a whole bunch. I just don't like the topic of, you know, underage girls or underage boys, anything of the sort. But it just it really makes me question who who this guy has around him in Wander Franco, because somebody's either not paying attention or they're this just there for themselves. It makes me feel like he doesn't have anybody there for him. So in one sense, I kind of feel bad for him just in that aspect. Like this guy has so much in front of him, so much for his future, and nobody's really looking out for him because there should have been at least one person who knew what he was doing and say, "Hey, man." This is really dumb. Like, can you just wait eight years or go find something else, somebody else to do what you want to do with? Because this right here is not where you want to be with the profile that you have. And it just because he's a higher profile, he's rich, you know, he's he's a famous athlete, doesn't mean his actions are any less. But he is with the wrong people. And that's sad for him because somebody should have told him this is not a good idea. Aside from that, he put himself in the situation. So don't want to blame anybody else because he's the one who put himself there. He's the one doing whatever he's doing. And to your point, Daniel, like the allegations are there. Like at 22 years old, he might have just ruined his life. And what I don't know is what is the Dominican Republic like, like in the court of public opinion? I know what America's like. This guy's screwed. He's not playing Major League Baseball ever again. He's not going to have any sort of career here unless literally every person involved comes out and says, hey, I was just making shit up. I just went full TMZ. This is all on me. He did nothing. That's not going to happen. Um, 
it's really sad because he's got to deal with American courts, court of public opinion here, Dominican courts, Dominican court of public opinion. And there's just a lot to this story that I obviously don't know. I'm sure there's not all the facts out there, but man, you can't put yourself in this position with the type of life that you have and what you had in front of you from that aspect. You know, it, it's ruining so many lives in so many different ways. I just hate a story like this to come out from the baseball side of it. You know, I've been on the Rays bandwagon the whole year. I have been for years. This one really hurts because you have other guys who are inconsistent. This is the one guy, Wander Franco, that the Rays have paid and said, hey, we want you in our future. We think you're going to be a good part of it for a long time. And he was playing up to that, like legitimately outside of Otani. And we're going to get into the kind of AL MVP talk later. He was a front runner for AL MVP. He really was. He was holding that Rays team together offensively better than anybody else on the team. They've been fighting for first place the entire season. They're battling for the best record in baseball off and on. And he was one of the guys that was there every single day. Even went through some of his own adversity earlier in the year where he got benched for not hustling. He got that little flip play. Like he was in the spotlight sometimes for the right reason and the wrong reason. And he was very consistent, which at a 22-year-old kid, it's pretty amazing to say. So from a baseball standpoint, I think this absolutely hurts the Rays from being a World Series, I don't want to say favorite, but for sure contender to, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs, but what do we really expect out of them in the first round? And I hate to say that because now it feels like every single year it's just like the Rays, you know, to your point, are kind of the Brewers. Let's get to the playoffs and we're happy. But they need to win a title at some point to make it real and to make all this, you know, to make them legitimate. And this really hurts their chances because their backup to this is not anybody we, we're going to expect to do well. Yeah, so, you know, I, I want to touch a little bit about the the, the culture implication of this, right? Because, um, you know, don't go out there and steal my social security number. But um, in my personal life, first, I'm, I'm Dominican, right? I'm from this little city in, in, in DR called Tamboril. And I'm also a, an attorney. And I I live with a public defender, which, you know, this is, this is one of the stories where there's usually a lot more nuance to it, right? So, you know, again, this is not me defending Wander Franco at all. Right, like he's old enough. To, he's old enough, and he should have the like, like Nick mentioned, people around them for him to know better. Right, this is it's, it's inexcusable that that this even kind of was allowed to happen. Right, but here's what I'll say about it culturally, culturally from the Dominican standpoint. Um, in DR, the ages of twenty-two and fourteen, and people dating isn't uncommon. Right. Um, you know, go look at your, your grandparents or go, go look at them and your grandparents and the age difference in that and when they started dating. It, it's usually dudes in their 20s dating, you know, at that point, girls when they were 14 and 15, right? Um, the second part to remember about this is the, the socioeconomic part, right? Wander Franco is a major league baseball player, which in the Dominican Republic, that's pretty much your rock star, right? Like think about all the amazing baseball players that have come from the Dominican Republic. With that comes a lot of fame. With that comes a lot of kind of notoriety. Um, what I believe happened, and, and there's no proof to this, right? This is what I believe happened. I believe Wander tried to cut it off with that 14-year-old girl who at some point her parents or her dad in this situation was probably okay with it happening as long as she was receiving money or she was receiving the benefits. And then she stopped receiving the benefits of it, right? Whether it because he wanted to stop the relationship or whether he you know broke up whatever whatever the reason was and he saw this as a great extortion opportunity probably right um 
And the reason why I'm saying it this way is because from the, the context in the Instagram post, in the Instagram post in Spanish, it seems like they had been together for a while, right? That seemed like this was, a, like you mentioned, a relationship, a relationship the father knew about who was the person who leaked the story. So, you know, for whatever it's worth, for, for whatever it's worth, right? It's hard for me to see Wander Franco as like this dude who just out here, Michael Jacksoning people, right? Like, I think contextually in the cultural way that it works, not only in the American Republic, but in a lot of, like, Hispanic countries, right? Um, it's it's not super out of the norm for that kind of stuff to happen. Doesn't make it right, right? Doesn't make it morally right. Doesn't mean I'm defending what, what he did. Doesn't mean that that he shouldn't have known better. Um, but, you know, it, it's the truth of what's happening right now. The, the other thing I want to point out, too, is is there's also, like, a 17-year-old girl who came out to, with, with this or whatever. If we keep in contact that Wander Franco is, he just turned 22. He's not even halfway through his age 22 year. 21 and 17, we see that in the United States all the fucking time. <laughs> right? Like you can get married at those ages in, in many states here in, 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 um, in the United States, right? Not, not to the legal point, right? The Dominican, the Dominican legal system is, is far, far away from what the American legal system is, where you know, America, when it comes to that kind of stuff, it's, it's pretty much state law, and each state has their own laws. The main public has their own laws regarding that stuff, too, right? And there's also laws for consent, which, by the way, no one to this point has said that it was unconsensual, right? There's, there hasn't been any mention of that by anyone. Again, not not defending Wanda. I just want to put the context out there for all this stuff. Um, so there's different laws in DR when it comes to consent as to non-consensual, right? Um, the legal age doesn't necessarily mean the the age of consent, which is something people have you know said out there. I know in our Facebook post, you know, some guys like, oh, the legal age out there is eighteen. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's the age of consent. It doesn't mean there isn't barriers in between, right? So you know, my my point in saying this is, I don't know if Wanda Franco will necessarily face any legal charges in DR. Um, I don't believe the American legal system will, will have any part in it, right? Because these things happen in DR. Um, and with all that said, I still don't think he'll ever play a major league baseball game, right? I think MLB after the the whole Felipe Vasquez situation with Pirates a few years ago, it's a we are not going to be associated with you. I mean, Trevor Bauer right now is fucking pitching in Japan for you know winning a lawsuit against someone who who claimed he had a rough cliff right now. So you know, for all intents and purposes, I, I think one their career, one Franco's career is done. He'll be playing for the Lasse Tigers in in DR for for the rest of his career, probably. Um, you know, from the Rays standpoint, like, how how do you blame the Rays? I, I can't blame the Rays. Like, do you try to put better people around him? I, I don't know if you even do that, right? He's in the American Republic with other baseball players. Like, where he lives, it's there. there there's plenty of major leaguers that come from that city. Um, you know, wh- like what you, you can only babysit somebody so much. Right, and I think it it, it sucks because look, I've been saying all year. I, I think the Rays suck this year anyway. Like I don't think they're a great team. Um, they had a great hot start and they've kind of been trash. This definitely doesn't fucking help though, right? Like like this is this is one of those things where if you're a team looking to win a World Series, you don't want this kind of distraction. Um, very very different type of distraction. But like like last week it was that whole reporter with the Baltimore Orioles incident, right? You remember, I don't know if you guys caught that, but like. The, <laughs> The Orioles sat their broadcaster because he was um, 
stating facts about their previous losses to the Rays or whatever. So, you know, they got angry at him. Like, if you're a team that's going to be successful, you don't want bad press. And, and for the Rays, this is as bad press as it gets. Because now all the attention, like, nobody cares how the Rays do this here. All the attention is going to be, um, oh, yeah, like, they employ dudes who, like, date little girls. You know what I mean? So, for, for the Rays, this thing's, this thing's done, man. Just wrap it up, in my opinion. Um, it, it, it's, it's hard. It, it, I don't know, man. It's, it's such a... Because I, I don't really see it as, as like a baseball story for me. Like, obviously, if the Rays are on clear, but I think I, I see it so much more as just a, like a legal story. I see it so much as like a, a personal interest story. Um, and it's just... It, it's tough to see, man, because I... Again, he, he is smarter than that. He, he has to be smarter than that. Um, but at the same time, just knowing like my people and knowing what it's like in DR, it's hard for me to be like, oh, like this isn't something that that is unusual for for, for people of, of of his age, right? But the thing is, you also got you're not you're not a normal twenty two year old, bro. You, you you've got millions. Like like Nick mentioned, you are a shortstop for for, for a major league baseball team. Like you got to use your brain smarter than that, man. Because because it, it, you know. The real thing here too, or another thing, is that he has a wife and kids. Um, so like, there's n- you, you can't tell me that you had to go date anybody else. Never mind someone who's like 14 years old. Um, but so, so there's, I think there's a little bit of everything here, man. A little bit of extortion, a, a lot of fucking things that shouldn't have happened with with Wanda and his decision making. Um, but but like, it's just it it, it sucks all around, man. Because he he is a great talent. He's entertaining. He probably gave us one of the best moments this year with his little. Weird ass glove flip to throw Brian Reynolds out at first. Right, that was something that we were all talking about this year. He's having a great season. He was finally back from injury. He was playing well. His team was in first place for for, for a long time. So it's just, it, it sucks. I, I'll be honest, with you. It, it, it just sucks, man, for, for everybody. And I know I'm I'm the first to to make fun of the Rays when I can, but I I can't make fun of the Rays for this, man. It's like what what do you do as an organization? You can't. I I can't blame them. This this sucks for the sport. It sucks for the it sucks for the organization. Um, did you guys want to finish off on anything? I know this is kind of a big topic, so I don't want to make, I want to make sure you guys got all your stuff out before we move on. I think, I think the point, the point that Nick made about like, you know, looking, looking at the people that Wander is associating with, I think is also important because you're talking about a 22 year old Dominican baseball player who, again, you have to, you have to think of how you grow up in the Dominican Republic, right? You just signed a nine figure contract. Your, your world has changed, right? Like you can, you can put your entire family, your, your heritage, your entire family bloodline in houses. Like that's how impactful it is. And you kind of have to look at like the fact, I, I think there was, um, after the, the news had come out, I think David Ortiz had, had made some comments about the situation too, um, about, and, and like focusing on like younger Dominican players and like the younger Dominican players in the game compared to like the older guys. And it's just like, man, it's such a, it's such a divide. Like, we're not saying that they're not talented, but like, because they, they're, they're extremely talented, but you look, for example, at the Dominican Republic WBC team, right. Was supposed to be a powerhouse, so much talent on that team, like so many positions. And yet when you actually sit back and look at it, it's like, the yes, it's big shoes to fill, but it feels like there's such a divide between like, your David Ortiz's and your Vladimir Guerrero's and your Pedro Martinez's and your Manny Ramirez's compared to like this current crop of Dominican, oh, and your Albert Pujols's, your A-Rod's, you know, like this current crop of Dominican players is just like, yes, you're super talented, but like there's just something missing about you where like, it, I don't know if it's like the difference in mentality of the game and things like that, but hey, dude, if I'm a, if I'm a young Dominican player, young Puerto Rican player, whatever, I'm trying to, I'm trying Look, not for nothing. I'm trying to be with the old retired men of the game. You feel me? I'm trying to I'm trying to learn from them. I don't like, yes, I'll hang out with my, you know, like if I'm Wanda Franklin, yes, I'm hanging out with 
your Juan Soto's and your Fernando Tati Jr.'s. And sure, like you're hanging out with the guys that are playing with you now, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to also learn, right? Like if I'm Puerto Rican, I'm I'm calling up Yadier Molina, like, yo, can you help me out with this? Like, like people that are actually going to be there and support you when it comes to the baseball side of things. I feel like that's so important with this, with this whole thing, because you know, not just not to shift from Wander Franco, but we saw it with Fernando Tatis Jr. too, right? With the whole PED allegations and everything like that. That's something that stained your career very early on. And it's not easy to bounce back from. Look at Fernando Tatis's numbers this season. They're not necessarily impressive. You know what the narrative is going to be at the end of the season. Now you have to go into next year and change up the whole story about yourself. And obviously this Wander Franco situation is, is a whole other escalated thing, but it just goes, you know, talking to the other young players out there like, man, really watch out who you're hanging out with and start to associate with the right people in the game. You know what, you know what happened with that, though? Um, and, and then I'll continue to say, I just want to touch on the, on the Dominican baseball point, right? So guys like Manny, Pedro, David Ortiz, these guys, like, set the way, right? When they were coming up in the Dominican Republic, it, the investment in baseball wasn't the same that it was when these younger guys came up, right? So, like... Guys like David Ortiz, Pedro, Albert Pujols, right? Tatis Sr., all these older Dominican guys, they were in the they were playing in academies, they were doing stuff like that. They basically become a professional at 12 years old out there. The difference was out there, it, it was it wasn't as financially set up as it was more recently, right? So what happened was a whole bunch of those guys became successful. MLB said, Let's go. Let's go. Um, invest in resources out there. So let's instead of having the Dominican academies, Dominican academies, let's have the White Sox academy. Let's have the Cardinals academy. Let's have the Yankees academy. Right. So now instead of these players going from an outside organization to okay, now we've made it. We got we got signing bonus. They've been invested in since they were like twelve years old, ten and twelve years old. Right. So you know, like, like quick story. I had, I had a, one one of my best friends growing up. Man, we. We played in, in, in our city, like he, his first time touching a baseball, he was like 10 years old. God gifted arm. First time touching a baseball as this kid was the hardest thrower, thrower on the team, right? Like, like um, you know, fa- fast forward a few years when he was like 16, he was good enough to play professional baseball. And for him, it was between staying in high school or going to DR. Well, if you're 16 years old and the Cardinals come to you and say, hey, yo, look, we'll give you $400,000. Um, if you sign with us and come play in DR at your age fucking 16 year, that changes you, man. Like, you know what you were like at 16 years old. Imagine having all that money, then having it in DR. This man bought a Honda and tricked that shit out, rode it all around my city for, 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 for fucking years. But, but my point is, it's like the investment in these newer, you know, Dominican, these younger Dominican players, right? Like Satish Jr. Like, well, I mean, Satish Jr. has his dad. But like all, all these other young guys, right? Ronda Franco, like you mentioned, right? Who aren't. Um, like affiliated with a, with a parent in in that like Eloy Jimenez for for, for example, right? I, I, he's another main player. These guys were invested in since they were they were 12, 14 years old. So it, it's not so much of I have to grind, I have to grind. You've been a professional baseball player since you were fourteen years old, right? Where it's you you go play baseball for eight hours of your day or six hours of your day where you're in training and and, and skills and stuff like that. You get an hour or two of, of education. But you're learning baseball. That's that's what your job is from from that age on. And I think that makes a big difference in, in like the mentality of these players that like, like you mentioned. Um, sorry, but I just I just wanted to hit on that. But, but Nick, man, um, I'll kick it to you, man. So so any any final thoughts on this? Yeah, just a couple. <clears throat> uh, number one for me is the thing to keep in mind from us here in America is 
this guy is dealing with three different cultures that he's got to handle at all times. He's got to handle the American culture, the Dominican culture, and the culture of being a major league baseball player and a good one at that. It is a different lifestyle when you're on his level of player and pay because you get your own suite in a hotel. You're not sit, you're not rooming with other guys. You're not in the minor league system like some 22-year-olds where you're having to pay $600 for a bed that you barely sleep in. It's a different world he's living in. And we got to remember, we have to try to remember that, one, we don't know what the fuck that's like because you don't know who's coming up to you, who's doing what, and you're not from another country for the most part for the people who are watching baseball in this country. And for So for me, it's, I, you know, I want to know everything that's going to be out there before I make my own decision on this. The the initial shock factor is absolutely disgusting, but right. I don't know what it's like to be from the Dominican. I don't know what it's like to be a major league baseball player. I can dream of what I would have done in those situations, but nobody's handed me a million dollars, $2 million, a hundred million dollars to go play this game for the next 13 years of my life. I've never had that. I don't know what that would do to me. I'd love to say I would donate half of it and like do all these make a wish shit like John Cena. But until I get that money in my hand, I don't know. So that's the one thing is we don't know how we would act in these situations. Number two for me is it really scares me if this is legit. This is what happened. Wander Franco is a very fan favorite amongst little leaguers because he's so young and he's so exciting. What does this put out there if this is all true? How does it how does it affect the game going forward? Because we're finally starting to capture the young crowd, not just little leaguers, but kids who played little league but then aren't good enough to keep playing baseball. They go into football and basketball. They they are still having interest in baseball because of guys like Wander Franco, Tatis Jr. And then every single one of these young guys is getting some story around them. It's really scary what this is going to do to the future fandom of the game because I know the old white men are saying, oh, this guy's a pedophile. We can't watch this anymore and leave it at that. There's no more to it. But when, you've, when you're finally starting to capture that younger audience and keep them involved, something like this comes out, for that aspect, for the game, this could be very detrimental over the next few years. And Wander Franco is not going to change the future of the game in that aspect by himself but i mean two years in a row we've got really young studs that have something on their record and these guys are in the major spotlight when you go through a little league world series and they're asking who's your favorite player it's otani franco tetis jr two of those three have criminal records at this point in a in the sense of baseball like that's not a good look for the game so i really hope this is something that's culturally acceptable from where he's from and it comes out as such and the extortion part of it and that's a shitty thing to say. I hope this guy got extorted. That's that's bad. That's not a good thing I want to say. But at the same time, I hope this isn't really what he was doing on purpose. And this is his lifestyle because he ruined a lot of lives outside of just his own, if that's the case. Yeah, man, it, it, it's a situation all around, man. It's, it's hard to comment on it from, from like we, we like you mentioned, we, we, we don't know. Right. Even even with what I said, that it could maybe I was wrong. And that's not the situation. Right. Maybe he really is just a fucking dick. Um. But let's transition. It's hard to transition from that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make the awkward ass segue and ask Nick whose jersey that is. He's wearing a he's wearing an old school Phillies jersey. He's all Philly out, man. Who, who, whose jersey are you wearing today? This one's just a blank Phillies jersey because I couldn't find anybody's number with this. My Schmidt is the baby powder blue, <laughs> but this is just the old school pinstripe from the from the '80s and '90s that I grew up playing in little league baseball. All right, man. Going from the the evil pinstripes to the pinstripes that evil men wear, which is the New York Yankees, because. There's nobody who's been tormenting people like Rob and I, like the New York Yankees this year. It is, it has been a, um, how do I put it, challenging year. It's been a very challenging year. But as bad as the Yankees were, the worst thing that you can do is get absolutely fucking beat around by the Red Sox, which is what's been happening this weekend. 
Rob, I don't even know where to start, man. So I'm 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 gonna let you start with that, bro. Y- Yankee struggled. What what where where are you at, man? Do we need Dr. Phil yet? Like what are we, what are we doing here? Nah, man. I, I look, I don't I don't think we need Dr. Phil. I think it's just it's all just finally here, right? Like like it's almost like the shit that we've been talking about for three years is just like finally like shit is hitting the fan that like more people are like realizing, like, yes, like we talked about it before, right? Like all the blame cannot be put on Cashman. All the blame cannot be put on Boone. All the blame cannot be put on Steinbrenner. But it's this fucking system, dog. It's like this whole, it's everything put together. It's what's keeping this this thing always functioning in a way that's just like, in my opinion, just like not the proper way to build a contender. I've said it before. In the last 10 seasons, there's maybe two or three out of those last 10 years where this Yankees team, for whatever shit that they want to say that they're trying to compete there's only been like two or three seasons where you can actually look at the Yankees and they've had a team of talent that is actually a contender with some of the top teams in the league. This year is not one of them. Last year was not one of them. The last year that they were actually a legit contender was more than likely 2019. And like before that, you may you maybe have one or two more seasons when they were actually trying to build towards something. And before, right, like before, if you go back to 2012, 13, 14, there were just flat out better teams than the Yankees. We all knew they were trying to reset their their uh, their tax from their salary and everything like that. So for all the shit that they talked about, like we're trying to put a team together and still compete. And we knew that they weren't really trying to compete. So like a lot of the fans didn't really stress. Like that's just the the honest truth, right? When the Yankees were missing the playoffs like 10 years ago, like it was what it was because when you have like Vernon Wells out of his prime and Travis Hafner out of his prime as two of the main guys in your lineup, you don't expect to do much on like the postseason end or anything like that. But now they keep feeding us this bullshit of like, yo, we're putting this like thing together. And yeah, our team is good enough to compete. And it's just like, you're not like you're not. And you're getting surpassed by like so many people. Like we already know the teams that are flat out better than them. And not just this season, like we're, like whether we're looking at next, like the next couple of years, Atlanta, the Dodgers, <clears throat> Atlanta, the Dodgers, Baltimore is going to be better than them. Texas is going to be better than them. Even, even on, on a shorter end, a team like Seattle, the Mariners, might end up being better than them, right? Like their their pitching is is just on on another level. If they can get some hitting, like even those teams, um, like dude, it's rough to watch, man, because it's not it's not even a situation where you can just point at a at a certain thing, right? It's not the yes, they're spending they're spending money, but they're spending money poorly, dog. It they're not they're not spending money well, like, and it's not even a situation where you're just like go out there and get the best third baseman, get the best shortstop, get the best for base. That's not what any of us are asking for. I keep, look, I keep shifting back to Sean Murphy because Sean Murphy as a player, before he got traded to the Atlanta Braves, Sean Murphy was the perfect indication to me as a player that the Yankees knew what was wrong with them, right? Because I'm looking at Sean Murphy over in Oakland being overshadowed by, you know, guys who were putting up better numbers like your Matt Chapman's, like your Matt Olson's, but Sean Murphy slowly developing into one of the best catchers in the game. It turned into Sean Murphy coming into the league. He was, okay, like, oh, he's in that top 15 catcher conversation. A year goes by. Oh, he's in that top 10. Oh, he's probably like the seventh best catcher right now to the point before he got traded to Atlanta where he was a top five catcher in the game. And throughout that entire process, he was one of the main guys that I kept going back to like, hey, the Yankees should really try to trade for Sean Murphy because it would it would close up their catching situation, right? It, it, it just points to, you knowing what is wrong. If you know that you don't have a long-term answer at catcher, what better way to find that answer than by easily trading for a guy 
who is developing into one of the best young catchers in the game. You had the pieces to do that. You didn't have to get, you wouldn't have to give Oakland any top prospect for Sean Murphy, right? Now Sean Murphy has fully developed into the top catcher in the game of baseball or number two, whatever you want to make it. He is in that conversation and everyone knows now. And he has a fucking team-friendly deal with Atlanta for, for like $70 million over six seasons. Like that is exactly the, what Atlanta did, that trade, that extension, that is what a function, a fully functional franchise who is a consistent contender does. And the Yankees, that was the perfect test to me to be like, the Yankees are not at that point anymore. And because they are not at that point anymore, we need a new regime. That's just what it is. I'm not trying to like come at anybody's job. I'm not trying to take shots or anything like that. It's just the time is up, man. It's been 20 plus years. Cashman has had a tremendous opportunity. He had a shot, dude. Not a lot of people get to be a general manager in the MLB for over 20 years or over 20 years with the same franchise. And you have multiple titles to show for it. Great. Go on, have a successful end to your career. Hey, if another team wants to hire you to be their general manager, no one's stopping you from taking the job. You ha- you probably have enough respect in the league to get another job offer. Not anymore. Not, not after this season. Dude, whatever it ends up being. But in terms of the Yankees, we need new blood. That's a, that's as easy as it is, okay? And it start and I'm at the point where like now the full realization like we called for Boone's job before. Yes, I still do think that Boone needs to be gone because he's just like he's just a product of that environment as well, but it ha- it, it absolutely absolutely has to start with Cashman. And the last point that I just want to make because I know that people are going to bring up this point as the years go by because I already see what's coming and and Daniel and I have talked about it before. I see what's coming. The core four is coming back in New York. And I'm not and I'm not trying to like advertise that as like, oh, the core four coming back to New York is what's going to get the Yankees back on track. I'm just saying it's going to get to a point because they're starting to stink up the place so much. We've seen Jeter more closely connected with the Yankees. Pettit is already an assistant there. Posada and Jeter are like this. It's very easy to have Posada there. And and Mo is is very easy to have join in them as well. They're going to be associated with the Yankees in some way type of form, whether it's in in executive positions, coaches, whatever it is, they're going to have some say in how the future of the Yankees is coming. Again, I'm not advertising that it's going to be a success. I'm I'm just letting you know what I'm seeing developing that I think is going to come here. And I'm talking about like as soon, we're talking about as soon as maybe like two, the next two seasons. Like that's how fast I think Derek Jeter associating himself heavily with the Yankees is going to come. It's, it's going to be a snowball effect where we end up having all these guys back and that's going to have to be something that contributes to the new energy. The Yankees are playing shitty baseball. They're not, they're not developing players. They're not investing in the right players. And they're also, they're not making decisions. They're not making decisions clearly, right? They didn't decide what the fuck they were trying to do this past deadline. And and you have to make a decision at at this. Are you trying to acquire a player like Juan Soto? Like, honestly, are you trying to acquire a player like Juan Soto? Or are you putting all your marbles with Jason Dominguez and Spencer Jones and Austin Wells, and you're going to call them up? Like you, one way or the other, you have to make a call and they're not making any call. And that's what the frustrating is about this whole thing is that they just seem so lost right now. They're not making the postseason. Like, like, dude, if the Yankees, I don't even know. I don't even know what I would do if, if the Yankees make the postseason this year, but it's going to, it's, it's going to be crazy because I, I don't know, man, Nick, 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 am I crazy? Are the Yankees making the postseason this year? Because they are, they are absolutely not in my book. No, I mean. The Angels have a better chance, and I think they just got eliminated from playoff contention. I mean, <laughs> numerically, yeah, but I do have a real question for you, Rob. What is the closest bridge to you, and should I put police patrol on that bridge? Because the Yo, season the closest, is the closest bridge to me is, is honestly, you might have to co- contact Kissimmee police because I think it's about two minutes away. 
Uh, yeah, like, it's, it's I, very close. I may want to call them. I mean, <laughs> look, it's bad. It's bad. And the thing is with the Yankees, they don't lose. Like this, just this is a year that literally some people have never seen in their life. So here's here's some context. The Yankees' last losing season was 1992, and last time they lo- finished last in their division was 1990. Divisional play started in 1994. So literally with the current playoff system that we have and even the iteration before that, the Yankees have never finished last in the division, have never had a losing record. And because of that, I've been a big defender of Cashman. Like, how do you say this guy should go when he's never had a losing season? He's never finished last in his division. He's never been at the bottom looking up. Well, this is the time. He must be just complacent. Like, he is finally has the old Steinbrenner mentality of, well, we're the Yankees, so it's going to happen. We've got enough money, so it's going to happen. People want to play with us, so it's going to happen. Guess what? They don't want to anymore. Yes, you have guys like Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge who loved the Yankees growing up and wanted to play for them. But Aaron Judge didn't take a pay cut to play for you guys. He had the richest contract we've ever seen. So it, your, your whole I'm the Yankees thing, it doesn't stick anymore. You've got to get creative. You've got to be, oh, I don't know, the Dodgers. I don't know. Maybe you got to be the Braves. Maybe you have to understand that because you have NY on your hat and it's not the Mets, people aren't just going to fall in line. No matter how much of a mystique you had before, that has passed. That ship has sailed. And if Cashman doesn't make a change himself, he has to be gone because he's living up to the old school Yankee mentality of, well, we're the Yankees, so it's going to happen. I never liked Boone as a manager. I thought he was just a TV publicity stunt. And he may be great with the clubhouse. He may be the Joe Torre of clubhouse managers where he wasn't necessarily that good as a player but i know i see you say i'm not saying he is but this is this is the thought process for me is that he's a good clubhouse guy and we've got the talent to win we need somebody to keep these egos together between garrett cole giancarlo stan aaron judge these big time players who have big time money and sure maybe he's that but guess what you don't have the talent that joe torrey had you don't have a Derek jeter you do not have a mariana rivera who by the way was the backup to John Wetland when Joe Torrey first got there. Like you don't have these hall of fame generational talent. Is Giancarlo Stan a hall of famer? Fuck no. Fuck no. He's not. He's not even close. Don't ever say that. Aaron judge may not be. He's got to be on the field long enough, enough times to keep those types of seasons to happen. Garrett Cole is probably the closest thing they have to being a hall of fame lock-in right now, but he didn't start off with the Yankees. Like all these other guys did that Joe Torrey had. And the other thing with it is when you have a, a core four like that coming up through the minors, they want to stick together. I'm not saying any of them took pay cuts, but I'm pretty sure none of them maxed out their financial potential staying with the Yankees. They wanted to play together and they wanted the winning. They were way more focused on winning than they were on anything else. And I don't see that from literally any single one of these Yankees players. And I haven't for years. And that's where you go up to the front office, putting the wrong guys in place there. So. Then you go back to, and I have not heard this refuted at all, but the comments that came out from one of their minor league players where they're not developing, they're not doing anything in the minor league system to help them out. This just hit the ball over the fence or strike out. Either way, that's fine. Apparently, there's a practice or some sort of scrimmage where you only get a point if you either walk or hit a ball over 95 miles an hour. It doesn't matter if it's in the fucking ground. Hit it straight in the ground 95, you get a point. That's not... That's literally no part of baseball. No part of baseball should that be taught in any situation. So it's from absolutely the top down. Well, you can't get rid of the owner. I mean, you can try, but you're not going to be able to. Hey, you should sell the most popular franchise in the world. Oh, yeah, sure. Since you said I should, I should probably do that. That's a great idea. Let me go see what, let me go get some some pocketbook money. 
it's a it's a bad situation and they've been winning for so long this year it's it's so interesting to me that so much of the AL East got better really really fast like really fast and then the Yankees fell off this fast and so now it's it kind of goes back and I look at past years was Cashman just lucky that the Rays really didn't catch fire like they did this year is he just really lucky that the Orioles took maybe a couple extra seasons to get their shit together and they actually had a plan they stuck to and it worked finally um, you know, the Red Sox are playing honestly way above where they should be playing. And it's not just because they're playing the Yankees, but they've been playing way above where they should be all year. And the Blues are just a better team, like all the way around. Like they're just a better team offensively and defensively. I hope it shakes up everything. I've never, not once have I ever said Cashman shouldn't be there until today. Today is the first day I'll ever say it. Cashman should not be there as, as a front office person. He's not leading the right way. So it's it's a sad state for the Yankees who have been, I mean, most people who are going to listen to this, most people are out there watching baseball. It's been three decades since we've seen this type of performance from the Yankees. That's a long time to go, but it's time for some changes big time or else it's just going to keep going down this way. You're spending too much money to not get enough wins. Oh, man. Where, where do I start? How much time do we got? No, does anybody have anything to do late today? Because we're going to be, be here for a while. Um, I'll start with... I'll start with the with their kind of financial spending plan, right? There's this comedian. His name is 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 Jimmy O, J- Jimmy Yang. He's he's done a few movies, he's, uh, like Netflix movies and stuff like that. Um, but he has he has this joke about um how Asian moms, their big flex is how much money they've saved. So like they'll meet each other and they're like, oh, I got this scarf. 50% off, right? And then the other one will be like, oh, yeah, I got this off for like $80 off. Right? Like, that's, that's like the joke, whatever. Uh, it's an Asian culture joke. I'm not Asian, obviously. But still, the joke is about how they flex about saving money. You know who should never flex about saving money? The richest franchise in all of American fucking sports, right? Like, that should never be your flex. It's like, this is like watching... um. Warren Buffett shop at Walmart and being very happy that his shirt didn't tear apart when he like dry cleaned it. It's like, what the fuck are we flexing about? Right? So like right now we have, we have this movement and, and again, I, I can, bro, we'll have a whole episode dedicated to why the fuck I hate the movie Moneyball. But we, we have this whole, we have this whole thing and this whole thing of like, Oh, how much money can you save? while winning baseball games. And it is beautiful, right? If you're if you're the fucking Rays, fucking awesome. Right? If you if you're a team that doesn't have the market to to really compete like financials to financials, obviously you use that strategy and you do the best you fucking can with it. But here's the thing. There's different personas. There's different personalities, and I think that goes to franchises. Our franchise should not be competing on value bin shopping with a team like the fucking Rays. Like, that shouldn't be our flex. Like, oh, we got Billy. We're getting a whole bunch of, of, of great at-bats from Billy McKinney. I don't give a fuck. Dude, I'd rather go pay Cody Bellinger and watch him fail year after year than say, oh, hey, we got Billy McKinney for a three-month stretch. He was really hot, so we won that one. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you can, at some point, the numbers are numbers and talent is talent. And sometimes the numbers match up with talent. Sometimes it doesn't, right? Um, Cody Bellinger, I've, I've always been a big fan of his talent. And we've talked about it before on the show. His production hasn't necessarily stacked up to it always, 
right? He's had boom years. He's had fucking crazy-ass bust years. But I think we can all agree that he's a talented baseball player, right? I think we went around the room and we'd say, yeah, he has talent. Billy McKinney, no fucking offense, Billy. I, 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 you, you have more talent than I ever, like, thought I could possibly have, right? You're a major league baseball player doing amazing things, and I hope the best for your career. You are not as talented as, as, as um, Cody Bellinger. Your name, uh, and again, I'm not trying to come at you, but your name will be forgotten when you retire from baseball. You will be one of those, like, immaculate box squares where people are like, oh, he also played for the Rays, uh, for, the, for, for the Blue Jays. Cool. 0.00001%. Fucking great. You know what I mean? Like, that's who right now we're, we're targeting, and we're like, like, like Jake Bowers. Yeah, you're a, you're a 27-year-old failed first baseman who couldn't figure it out, and now we have you playing out of position, and you're doing decently at that, right? Let's let's celebrate that. Are you fucking kidding me? Right, like like you're the New York Yankees. You know, people people used to be like like you used to get like like guys on the end of their career that just wanted to play in New York because they wanted to put the pinstripes on, right? Like, why 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 the fuck are we competing on 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 fucking that? On like like not even value. Like we're competing on like bullshit. Like let's try to get the most out of you. The second thing, right? Like, like the, this week was, was a fucking like it, I never wanted to choke out and a whole department of baseball like I have, like the Yankees, right? So reports came out about how the Yankees trained their minor leaguers and obviously how it, how it started with Dylan Lawson and obviously we can see that in the major league system of like like what Nick mentioned, right? Where you get points for hitting the ball hard, um, and for walking essentially, right? One, if that's drill, it's a stupid ass drill. Don't don't put me out in the field for that. Literally, go into fucking batting cages and, and do that shit. Don't don't waste field time on that shit, right? The biggest difference I've seen in the Yankees in recent years since the since Aaron Boone got there is they're really bad at playing baseball. Let's just call it this: they're they're really bad at playing baseball, and it's the base running, it's the fielding, it's the decision making on the field, right? And and I always said like. The manager controls certain things. I think the preparation and how ready you are to play every day, that is directly on the manager. I don't care if you're just a figurehead. If you're not having your players ready to perform for those games, that is on you. And that's always been my criticism of Boone. I Too often, the Yankees are not ready to play baseball. You know what I mean? But it's just it's just so frustrating, man. Because here's the thing. Like, I'm a, I'm a big no-half-measure person. You either go in on you go all in on something or you don't, right? And the Yankees the last few years have been kind of like, oh, we'll spend here, but we'll save here. Like that is the stupidest thing. Like yo, you're either trying to win a World Series or you're not, right? Like your goal is either I'm gonna win a World Series or why the fuck am I here? And and, and like it's not just the Yankees, by the way. There's other teams that do this too, right? So the Dodgers do this shit too. The, the Dodgers are not a, a World Series or bust team. The, the Dodgers are a We'll do this and hopefully work out. We'll be in position to be in the World Series. Like, no, that's that's what the Dodgers do too. I think Ali's a bunch of fucking losers. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't know what the fuck you have to do. I'm I'm a big burn that bitch to the ground kind of guy at this point, right? Um, like you have Aaron Judge, awesome Garrett Cole. I'm gonna assume he, he he's gonna um opt in to rest his contract. Maybe he doesn't. And after his comments yesterday, saying like I've never been part of a, <laughs> something like this. Maybe he doesn't opt back in, right? Like I wouldn't, I can't even fucking blame him, right? Go pitch and make a gazillion dollars, um, with the Angels because they won't be able to resign Otani, and you can go back home to Southern California and pitch for probably fifty million dollars a year, because because the, the Angels probably would give you that kind of contract. Um, 
you know, so right now you just got to burn it to the ground, man. Like, I, I think I, I think when I talk, sometimes people might think that like I'm anti-analytics. I'm not anti-analytics. I, I think analytics are so fucking important for this game. It's, it's all the top teams are using it and, and they're using, they're, they're playing by it. But you look at a team like the, you know, we'll look at the top teams the last few years, the Braves and the Astros. Is there any argument that those are the top two organizations in baseball last few years? Even, you know, with or without World Series rings, would you, would, would, can we say they're not the top two teams? Okay, I still got to put the Dodgers in there. I mean, any any no, combination sure, no, of those three, no. but yeah. No, Dodgers, Dodgers definitely belongs to be in there too, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't mean to, to say they're not. The Dodgers definitely belong in there too. But specifically, you know, like, like the Braves, right? The Braves do not have a one-size-fits-all kind of approach to everything. You watch Ronald Acuna Jr., he has a very different approach to playing the game than Matt Olson does. They each have their strengths, and, 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 the, and, here's what, and the Braves don't try to be like, hey, Acuna, we need you to play this way. If not, you know, we don't, you're not going to be successful, right? Or, or Ozzy, we need you to do this this way. Like, these guys have different skill sets. And and they maximize those skills. So same thing, dude. Same same thing with the fucking like Astros, right? Like they don't have Altuve doing the same shit they want Jordan to do. They're very different hitters, right? Um, you know, uh, Kyle Tucker, very different hitter than 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 Jordan Alvarez. Very different. Like if you just see their approach at the plate, it's a very different approach that they that they have. They have different strengths. That they have different things that they're good at, right? And and, and Dodgers too, right? For, for the for the most part, where you know. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't, right? They maximize guys like Max Muncy, um, you know, Will Smith. I think they've gotten so much more out of Will Smith's bat than I thought he was capable of. So fucking kudos, kudos for them on that, right? Um, but, like, this whole, this whole concept of just we need you to – like, I, I think right now the Yankees' problems are, like, we need you to meet these metrics instead of getting guys that already have those metrics and kind of just using that, right? So if you want to be a, a team that – is a high contact team, whatever. Don't try to make your guys like Giancarlo Stanton high contact. I'm not, I'm not saying this is what they're doing, but like, like I, I just think they they've I think they've ruined so many careers, man. Like Glaber Torres, I I think they, honestly I do think that we will never see the most that Glaber Torres can do because the Yankees have fucked with his with his swing so much. Same thing with Gary Sanchez, who by the way he's played half the games of pretty much any catcher in the major leagues, and you could probably argue. For the time he's played this year, he's probably in the top five catchers right now, both defensively and offensively. If you go just just sneak a look at it, at his stats, his, his OPS is almost eight hundred, which for the cap, catching position, outside of a couple of guys, that's kind of upper upper tier right now. Um, you know, so it, it, it's just so frustrating, dude. And and here's the thing, like like I'm 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 ending here because I could go on this shit all day. Yankees need to burn it all down. Like I don't I, I don't care about like the the core four coming back. I don't necessarily know if that's necessarily like the best thing for them to do. Um, but they need, they need something else there. Right. And, and this is the most embarrassing it's been to be a Yankee fan. And it's, and it has less to do with losing than it does with how we lose. Cause you know, Nick, um, what's called Rob mentioned it about 10 years ago, we had the whole, everyone's <laughs> finishing out their long ass contracts, right? Jeter on his last leg, Mariano retiring. Right. So we kind of just like had a, a couple of years there where we just need a contract to run out. And those teams were bad. Those teams are competitive. Those teams showed up and they played good baseball. They just had teams that were better than them, right? Like that, that was a time where the Orioles had Manny Machado and JJ Hart, JJ JJ Hardy, one of the Hardys, um, and and you know they were Adam Jones, right? Matt Weeders. They were a better team than the Yankees, 
Um, this Yankee team, as as bad as it looks, it, I honestly don't think the talent is that bad. I, I just think right now you just have a whole bunch of old guys trying to do new things instead of playing the way they usually do. And now we have stats that look fucking disgusting. But although they look disgusting, they're celebrated because they're doing it in a way where, yeah, maybe you didn't hit the five-bounce dribbler to third, third base line, but you hit a line out to fucking second base. So yippee fucking us, right? Yippee fucking us. We hit a ball 95 miles per hour. Let's go fucking jerk each other off in the fucking showers. Like, it's fucking terrible. Um, I, 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 I can't. I, I don't want to keep talking, man. Does, that, does anybody else got, have anything to say to the Yankees before I go, like, fucking... No, nah, we suck. Hurricane? We right, suck. Same, same, same. That's, that, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. <laughs> Let's move. Let's move to to to, to fun, man. I'll combine these topics because we're kind of. Um, I kind of went a little bit longer the Yankees there, but we pretty much have our MVP winners. I don't know if it's ever been clear that Otani's going to win the AL MVP and Acuna Jr. is going to win the NL MVP. Like I don't think it's close, dude. I think these are like runaways. So this question is about who's going to be the best loser. Who's going to be? Who do you if you if you had to pick a second place MVP winner, um for both leagues, who do you guys got, man? Nick, Nick, I'll start with you, dude. Man, this one's a tough one because I'm gonna go a little off the Richter here in the AL. Uh, there's some guys in there that definitely have a good shot. Your Seegers, your Simeons, your Tuckers. For me, those guys are all known commodities, and they're not doing anything exceptional this year. I mean, Seegers, don't get me wrong, Seegers balling out. He's he's played about three quarters of the games of everybody else. And he's already matching their numbers. So Seager, if you did that over the entire season, what he's doing right now, um, I can see him being there. Like, he's got the same war right now as Marcus Simeon with 40 less games played. But my my second place for AL MVP is going to be Felix Bautista. The Orioles are not where they're at without him. Like, just flat out. Just flat out. They are not in first place in the AL East. They are not the Cinderella story. They are not, oh, my God, what's going on? This is insane without Felix Bautista. They have a whole team of guys playing really, really well. But he's the one guy, if you pluck him off that team, I don't think they're – I think they're fighting for wild card contention, not leading the AL East. In the National League, this one's really, really good. And I I hear all the arguments for everybody else, and you see them blowing up the numbers. You know, Acuna Jr. and Freeman, they're both hitting 333. They're within seven points of slugging. They're within two – or of on-base percentage, within two points of each other of slugging. And then you realize that Acuna Jr. has 55 fucking stolen bases. Like, <laughs> he's doing everything in every category that every other leader is doing, and then you throw in the stolen bases. So it's just, it's, it's not so much that, like, he's running away with all the hitting stamps categories, even though he, he kind of is. But when you throw in that type of speed and what he's decided to do, literally made a decision to run more, and then he's really cut down his strikeout percentage. So... Yes, we already know it's a runaway. It's weird because I think if Acuna Jr. and Otani both got hurt and just stopped playing right now, they still win the MVPs. I don't think there's anything anybody else can do to overtake them, even if they don't play anymore. And that's the insane part. Uh, but who I have for backup in in uh, in the NL, I got to go Freddie Freeman. He's quietly having an amazing year because Betts is a little bit more flashy, has a little more name recognition in LA for some reason. But Freeman is just absolutely killing it. And the problem with what you have going on here is Betts and Freeman will kind of take away from each other because they're on the same team. Betts has a better war right now, um, better, definitely a better defender. Uh, but Freeman hitting 333, 411, and 575 
is absolutely amazing south uh three slash line the one guy in the national league that i think deserves some credit to be talked about more is hung sung kim he is probably your best player on the padres who are completely underperforming and if they were in first place or making a much better run at the playoffs than they are right now i could really see him getting a lot of mvp votes simply because of his defense being all over the field he's that catch-all utility guy that we talk about being so important and then he's putting up the stats to go along with it not going to blow you out of the water with anything. He's only hitting 278, only has 16 home runs. But he's just playing such good defense everywhere he plays, and he's an everyday guy. I, I think he would get some real consideration for MVP if it wasn't for these other guys having crazy years. But to your point, it's a runaway. And no, at no point have I ever remembered a baseball season where the middle of August, I already know who the MVP for both leagues are going to be, even if they stop playing. Yeah, word, man. It, it it really it really is like that serious. I I really agree with you. With the if they stop, if both of them stop playing today, I don't see how you can take the MVP away from them. Uh, Rob, now I'll kick it to you, dude. Yeah, man. It's look uh, over in the NL. Uh, we already know it's it's going to be Acuna Junior. Um, I I think it's crazy to think about the fact that like if they stop playing right now, because like Acuna Junior is pretty should pretty easily. I mean, if he keeps attempting to steal stolen bases, like. He should pre- pretty easily get to 70. And I talked about it before, like even even 70 is like a, a overly impressive number. Like I know a lot of people shift immediately to like, you know, your Ricky Henderson's or your Vince Coleman numbers and things like that. But dude, there's only been three times that that a player has stolen 70 bases in a season in the last 23 years. So like that's that in and of itself. And then not even that, it's just like the stats that he's probably going to end up like finishing up with. Like I'm going to have to go look back to see you know, who are the only players in MLB history to get 70 stolen bases with like this amount? It's probably going to be Okunja Jr. and Ricky Henderson. <laughs> like that, that's that's the category that he's going to be in as type of player. So um, yeah, he's going to win the MVP. I got to agree with Nick. I, I got Freddie Freeman over in the NL. Um, I think it's underrated the fact that he's probably going to finish this year with one of the best seasons of his entire career. Um, the, the crazy number that I have for him is, dude, he, he's played in 20, like 20, 25 less games so far this season. Compared to last season, last season he finished with 47 doubles. He already has 45 this year, which he's probably going to put up an over 50 double season. So like that, that's going to be great for him too. Um, so I definitely have Freddie Freeman there. Over in the AL, man, I, I mentioned it earlier. I mean, if you talk about Okunja Jr. being a runaway, Otani is Otani hopped in the in the space shuttle about two months ago and then just dipped because um, that that's how much of a favorite he is for the award. Um, I have Kyle Tucker just for what he's been able to do um, over in Houston. I think he's a very important piece over in Houston. And, um, you know, I think I think the amount of games that he's been able to play compared to a guy like Corey Seager. I said it before, if Corey Seager keeps up this amount of play and finishes with 120-ish games played this season, like, I think he should be in that conversation too if his stats hold up. But, dude, I, w- I just want to say quickly, I think the, the AL MVP race, I'm going to tell you all right now, that's going to be embarrassing for me because I'm just like, I don't know who's going to be number two and three. And y'all know how they do the awards on MOB network with like the three main finalists. there sitting with their families and stuff. The other two people in the AL should honestly not even show up. Like, uh, like no, no joke. Like, like just send the award over to Otani's house and please don't make someone sit on live TV, just waiting for them to be announced as the loser to show. Hey, Otani, when everyone knows it's done. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I agree with you on that, man. There's, there's no reason to show up for both. I don't even have an award show this year. <laughs> just have just have both of them to show yeah, up. Yeah, deliver guys. it, man. Deliver them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, 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 my guys on the on the NL side, I'm I'm gonna go with Mookie Betts. Actually, you know, you mentioned about Freddie Freeman having his big his big you know biggest numbers of his careers. That was Mookie. 
Mookie's on pace to finish with the most home runs he's ever had. He's probably going to finish with an OPS over a thousand. Um, he's probably going to have over a hundred walks this year at the end of the year. Um, and just w- when you look at the when you look at the makeup of that team, a lot of people, but a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is our um, this is the Dodgers rebuild year." You can't rebuild when you're top three in payroll, bro. That, that, that's one thing. But anyway, um, Mookie Betts is having an amazing year. Uh, he, he's he's doing everything that that team needs uh, and more. Uh, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where he, he isn't going to get the credit he deserves just because there's so, there's so many great players right now putting up great numbers between Atlanta and, and the Dodgers. Because, look, I, honestly, I, I can't separate Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman, which is why I gave it to, to Mookie, just because he plays the outfield and his defense is a little bit bigger. Um, but, look, Matt Olson, his numbers at the end of the year, like I said, I, I said the last episode, it's going to look like, like Ryan Howard's MVP year, and he's not going to win MVP for it. Right? Like, it's just, it's just going to be ridiculous. On the AL, I don't know, man. AL has been so kind of wishy-washy this year where you've had guys have, have runs and then kind of not, which is kind of why Otani is, is straight up just going to win it. Uh, you know, Cal Tucker deserves kind of a, a, a mention. Uh, Corey Seager, if he was you have to think about, like, oh, if he wasn't injured, what would his numbers look like if he wasn't gone for, you know, a quarter of the year? Um, so I'm not going to give you an answer. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. I, I just, I, I just do not give a fuck. It is Otani. If you can give two awards to Otani, if you can give the runner-up awards to him, give him the first and second place trophy because no, nobody else deserves it, right? Like it's just, it, it just is what it is. Wherever, wherever he goes, um, you know. Ooh, all right. So one, one thing that that we want to mention is what's it called? A Julio Rodriguez has been absolutely destroying it right now. Uh, you know, having one of the hottest streaks we've seen. Fucking ever, um, you know, Mariners might be the, the the last team with the playoff spot, man. Uh, that's pretty much where we're, 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 we're gonna end it here, though, man. But yo, Rob, anything you wanna finish off with? Nah, man, nothing. Just looking forward to see how the how the season ends here. Um, you know, we we were talking about Atlanta and, and these uh these potential MVPs. Atlanta first team to eighty wins. Um, no no shocker there. Best organization in baseball, first team to eighty wins. Wow, tremendous surprise. But uh, yeah, Atlanta's probably on the way to another 100-win season. Um, and, you know, just so much talent on that team. Um, I, I think they have a – look, we, we haven't talked about it before. We'll, we'll dive into our episodes coming here in the coming weeks. But, dude, right now they're, look, they're looking on the point of, like, potentially building a dynasty, man. Like, you're, you're, you're building off that 21 title. If, if they get another title this year, two titles in the last three seasons, I could see them winning another one or two added on to that, like, three or four titles here with this group because that's how talented they are. It's stupid, man. You can go around the field and point at a guy that could be an MVP, not not just an offer, like an MVP for that given season, where where you know you early in the year you had Matt Olson as, as your MVP. I think when when you were doing doing your bets, he could easily have won an MVP this year if, if Ronald Cunha Jr. wasn't you know God, um, you know Austin Riley. He 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 puts up numbers that can very easily win him an MVP. Ozzy Albies, who stayed healthy this year, he's put up numbers that could potentially. But put him in an MVP conversation one day. Sean Murphy, yo, Darno, if 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 he really played a whole season, right. like it, it, it's it's kind of fucking nuts. So you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how they, they do, right? Um, I, I I still wish they would have gotten an arm like in the trade deadline, right? Somebody else to kind of do it. But when you see the options, like who are you gonna get? Like Lance Lynn, 
Is Lance Lynn the, the game changer you're trying to go for? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Now that, he, now that he's on the Dodgers, like, Lance Lynn is, like, the, the pitcher that everyone should have traded for. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, Jack Flattery, maybe, who's, who's for the most part in his career has been kind of trash. Right? Like, like, there wasn't really any kind of clear-cut person they should have gotten this year. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how they move on. Otani is going to be there next year. He's going to be on a on a $10 million contract. So, um, we'll, we'll see how that works, man. But, yo, we will catch you next time. Hopefully the topics are a little bit happier than, than me and Rob crying and, you know, child stuff. Child endangerment. Child endangerment. <laughs> All right, yo, we, we, will, we will see you guys next week.